0: com podcast. And here's your host, Ed McGrogan. Hey guys, happy new year from the podcast. Uh, Ed McGrogan here wishing you well with Peter Bodo, Richard Pagliaro. They're here with me today. Uh, as the seasons already kind of got underway as, as quickly as it ended, but, uh, there's already, you know, there's a lot of tournaments the first week. So there's, uh, even though it's just only a couple days though, there's a couple of things that we, we took notice of already in the results. um, today. The, the one that caught her eye that was most recent came out this morning from Australia was when uh, from New Zealand actually Maria Sharapova lost to uh, Greta Arne. Not sure if you've heard that one anytime. The great Greta Arn. The great Greta Arn. You can't spell what's that an anagram or something? <laughs> yeah, it sounds yeah. like it. Yeah. Uh, so she she beats uh, Sharapova was the top seed in the quarter 6-2-7-5 and um, we got talking a little bit before this just about What you want to make of this from from Sharapova overall. I think a lot of people still, a lot of people still, are. they're very divided on Sharapova. A lot of people still say she can still be a number one, still be a Grand Slam champion. A lot of people have already written her off though because of her injuries. Um, Where do you guys stand on this?
1: Well, you never write off someone like a Sharapova, I don't think. I mean, you can, and you feel like a genius if she doesn't win. But, I mean, look, she's a a great player. She's proven it. But I think she's got big, big problems, and I'm not sure those problems are easily surmountable. You know, she's got injury issues. She's got consistency issues. She's got service issues. So, I mean, all these come together. It's like a perfect storm of of things that really keep her from – doing the one thing you need to do it at, at the level she aspires to playing at again, which is win matches day in, day out, compete over two weeks. I could see her playing three great matches in the Australian Open and then going down to one in love because everything goes wrong all of a sudden.
0: Particularly the serve can go wrong. Yeah. Or, but it, I guess her game is kind of volatile. All Her ground throws can be just as sort of haphazard too, really. So. And you look at the fact that
2: 31-year-old Greta Arnn, and then look in the fall, she lost to Date Kram who was 40 and then you go back even to the U.S. Open when Wozniacki handled her easily. To me, it's like the book on her is you move her, make her move side to side. She's not a great mover. And ser- if I'm coaching her, I mean, you got to rectify that first serve. You can't be throwing in 14 doubles a, a match and expect to, you know, hit your way out of that hole. You just can't. There's no – she's six two. She's tall. She's got a great reach. Had a good serve at one time. I know – the shoulder was an issue, but you gotta clean that serve up before you can even think about winning a major.
1: And that's a tough thing because everyone knows it's a confidence shot. So basically, if you're thinking about your mechanics when you're serving, you're not gonna be serving well. You know, it's really as simple as that in some ways. And and I think the fact that she monkeyed around with her motion uh, to try to alleviate some of the. The trouble she was having with her shoulder. I mean, that, that's probably why strategy, given the fact that she's continuing to play, you know. But on the other hand, I think you sort of she got lost in the woods a little bit with the serve, and she hasn't really come out of it yet. We saw with Elena Dementieva in terms of the service problems, that you know, it's it's not a mechanics issue. You can't just tell a player, okay, keep your chin up, make sure you drop the racket, head back, forward you know, you can't give the quick fix and have them do it like they can much more easily with a forehand or something. With the serve, it's an entirely different thing. There are timing issues involved. And they're basically, at the end of the day, confidence issues. It's hard
0: yeah. It's hard to imagine it, that when you you have total control of the ball when you're serving, but it's almost, it's just not as instinctive when you're returning like a ground sword from your opponent that can be coming at you 9,500 miles an hour. It just seems like, you just react quicker, but at the serve, it's really a thing where it's, a, it's just as much a mental thing almost. With and, and getting
2: back to your point about consistency, I agree with you. And also because her game is so flat and hard, there's just not a lot of margin on the serve. It's pretty. You see a lot of the double faults are into the net and on the stroke. So if she's just a little bit off, or if she's not getting that match-to-match consistency where she's in the groove, if she's just a little bit off or mistiming it a little, you saw that in Australia last year where Karolinko. Knocked her off for, because she was just off, and she just doesn 't have the margin, so she 's a streaky player in that if she 's confident, she can come out and roll, but if she 's not you know she 's vulnerable to especially the players who can change the pace up and make her move,
0: yeah yeah, Richard, you were saying also before we 're talking about another another woman player who's kind of dipped a little bit, but a lot of people have some big bigger thoughts of her for this year at Ivanovic because. Um, she, she has a new, a new coaching switch, whether you, you think it was a good idea to get rid of a coach who kind of had a mini resurrection at the end of the year, uh, Ivanovich got back into the top 20. And, um, a lot of people kind of like her chances. You said she has a little more upside, you think, than even Sharapova at this point? Um, I do
2: because my sense is that she wants it a little bit more and she's because she doesn't have the injury issues, the shoulder and the elbow that Sharapova had last year. I think she's a little... Physically fresher and healthier, although you know she obviously hasn't recently done well. But she broke through last year, you know, winning her first title in two years. You wonder though if if the coaching thing is going to sort of play on her a little bit. I think the other issue with her, similar to Sharapova, is the movement. You saw Kleister just cleaned her clock at the Open last year, and then Henin beating her at Hopman Cup. When you have the speed players like that. It's almost puts the emphasis on her to take the first strike because she can't run with a hennen with a Kleisters, with a Serena. When they get into the longer running rallies, she just can't hang. So she's got to go for the shot she, quicker. She's going
0: to be a player who has, uh, you know, both Sharapova and Ivanovic. Now I think about it, the, the way way their seeding is gonna is gonna fall out at the Australian. They're going to be kind of involved in one of those typical really blockbuster second or. Th- like third round right. match. Like was, remember um, last
2: year with Dementieva Dementieva sure, yeah, and last Hennen, year. That's right. Yeah. yeah.
0: It's gonna be something similar this year where you're gonna see like uh maybe like a zvonareva Ivanovich like, right. like you know, first week match or something like but that. But I think
2: Ivanovic could I think she's she'll be back in the top ten at some point. I mean she she's she's talented and she plays on every surface. She won the French, she's been in the Wimbledon semi I mean she can play. She's I don't think people are crazy to write her off.
1: I like her decision to hire Van Grinchen. I yeah. think the guys, a, the guy's a very good coach, and it's kind of ironic, or or maybe it just makes sense that he's not all that different from Guntart in some critical ways. Heinz, I think, is a little more intellectual. Heinz is a very, very abstract, I think a very cerebral guy. You know, you could talk to him about stuff like the financial meltdowns, and he's got all this <laughs> stuff that you know that you don't even understand. But uh, Van Grinchen is a little more mellow. He's not quite as as, as as intellectual, which I think might really help her, too, because I think sometimes Annie Ivanovich is not a player who does a lot of, you know, deep abstract thinking and stuff. And she's, you know, she's a pretty sweet, pleasant person. She just wants to do her job, get out there. She, you know, probably couldn't think her way out of her, out of her problems. Um, she had to hit rock bottom before she came back up. Did she was... win a
0: backgammon uh, Hall of Fame? Didn't she did she what? Didn't she get into the backgammon hall she of fame did? or something? She might she might have a little more than you give her credit for well that's a good year. result. You know, probably good,
1: you? good mechanical mind. But you know Van <laughs> Grincheno is a very mellow guy. He's he's low key as was Heinz but he's not going to put her under quite as much you know maybe pressure intellectually to to grasp you know these you know these 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 sort of concepts and stuff. So I, I, I think it's a very good I think he was doing a great job with Azarenka I was surprised when Azaren Renka, yeah uh, did not renew with him and uh, i got to believe that was maybe a little bit about money i don't, I don't know i'm not saying it's a fact but
0: yeah,
2: and be. watching <laughs> her practice she's a coachable player like she really absorbs what i mean she's not one of these players that tunes out she really seems attentive and she really seems to understand that there are weak you know there are there are areas of the game she's got to pick up and i think she does really try to do that so so it'll be interesting to see how that partnership goes
0: yep let's uh let's finish off with uh on the men's side, with two Brad Gilbert disciples, one current, one former, we were both talking about this beforehand. Um, both are in action this week. Kana is, is the uh, is is the current. Uh, he's mentored, sort of side coach by Gilbert in a way. Um, he's going to be kind of a a pretty chic pick, I think, to you know, in some of the slams, some of the events as as he gets to as he gets just more matches under his belt, more comfortable, more attuned with what with what uh, they want to how he's seeing him play. He just beat Chilich this week and is already into the quarters or semis. It's tough to tell with these 16 hour events across the sea, but, but he's done well. Um, and then there's Roddick, the form, former Gilbert uh, pupil who is in Brisbane. He just beat Baghdadis pretty handily today. Crushed him. Yeah. It was like um, three and two, I think like that. And, and it was a double break advantage in the, in the opening set, something like that. But, Let's talk about these two a little, since they're kind of the newsmakers this week on the men's side. Um, any thoughts on, I guess, Nishikori? Let's start with him.
1: Well, I like you know, I, I think Gilbert's going to you know he, the, the kid, as I understand it, really needed to refresh his mentality and stuff. There's some talk about him, you know, maybe you know maybe enjoying the time off because you know when he when he boiled up there in 2009 and 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 did well. You know, you got to remember he's from Japan and Japan loves your tennis heroes. And you know they haven't had a, a somebody of that stature in, in quite a while of that potential anyway, and so you know all of a sudden he got a lot coming to him. He's got you know he's got big contracts like with people like Sony and Nissan. You know we're not you know we're not talking about the local uh, hamburger joint here. We're talking. You're and, and not, not talking
0: about a Grand Slam winner either. You're talking about a, just a, a player who yeah. is who's won a few notable matches but nothing of a
1: promising youngster. And yeah. uh, you know and then you know that starts to worry you. They start pulling get you. They they try to get their money's worth out of you. And you know as good as it is to have that support, all. of Sudden, you know, you're 20 years old or 19 years old, and everyone's telling you how great you are, and you're getting big money here money that you probably couldn't imagine existed. And you know, that could really whack a guy. I I think he. During his break with that elbow injury, I think he sort of he probably felt a little bit relieved not to be have to go out there and, and sort of make good on all this stuff. So I think it's a very good thing to get Gilbert in now because Gilbert is very good at getting people motivated and focused. And, you know, he's bubbly, he's got the enthusiasm, he's excited.
0: And just grounded, too. I mean, in grounded. Yeah, you know, kind of more ways than one way or the game and the mind, I think, really. That's right. kind of what I and think. And he'll stress percentage
2: play. I think that's the one area in Nishikuri. He's got such a good forehand, he's so. Ex- can be explosive and exciting that he was sort of enamored of the circus shot a little bit once in a while. And I think Gilbert are really ingrained at like, you don't give a loose point away. And he's, I mean, he's got game. I could, I could see him.
1: And I like his toughness. Yeah. He's a tough, yeah. tough kid.
2: Yeah. Remember at Queens three years ago, he gave Nadal a hell of a match. And Nadal said, this kid has top 10 potential. Mm-hmm. He said it right after the match. And people thought, wow, that's a little bit of a stretch,
0: but who knows? Yeah. You know, he's young enough. What? Last last man here, Roddick. We'll talk about. I actually just put something up. I I think I've kind of I think I've kind of dropped the flag on the Roddick. Gets a second slam chance. I think the time's just dwindling too much, and he's just kind of, sort of unlucky, really, to be. Yeah, who in Wimbledon? But <laughs> but I I know that's that's the rally cry all the time here from Pete Bodo from the Wimbledon side. But he's in Brisbane. Um, any early thoughts on him? Just you know, just kind of what you Roger and Rafa are in. Uh, Doha, Doha, right now, doing pretty well. Roddick, you know, it's it's not it's not a sure thing that Roddick comes back at the beginning of this year and sort of runs through a, you know, a, a tune-up tournament. He did have the injuries that ended last year, but he seems to be doing pretty well right now.
1: Roddick doesn't need to be two or three in the world. You know, Roddick can basically pick his spots. Roddick is a huge personality. He's, you know, he's doing off the well. He's got a lot of miles on the clock, too. So it's not like this guy's not looking at well. I really got to make my move because then I'll be positioned to spend the next three or four years winning titles and, and, you know, getting six or seven slams and retiring. I mean, Roddick's a guy who right now is in a great position to look to, to really narrow his choices and his, his objectives to work in making those happen for himself, you know, and, and what what's the worst that could happen? The worst that could happen is he falls out of the top ten, gets you know, gets bumped off. But so the key thing with him was, I think, in these smaller events, is to have the kind of enthusiasm and a kind of focus that he's going to need to really keep himself up within striking distance. You, know, you don't want to be you don't want to be meeting Roger Federer in round of 16 at Wimbledon. No, you know uh, he's he's got a better shot. Roger's right? got a better chance. Winning a match like that in the final that he does in around sixteen. So
0: yeah, wouldn't that be something if he finally beats Roger Federer Wimbledon, but doesn't go on to win the title? (laughs) Right, exactly. Which yeah, yeah,
1: which of course is a very realistic scenario because it's a little bit what Roger went through in France, even though he didn't beat Nadal. The fact that suddenly Nadal loses to Soderling, and all of a sudden the French is there for the taking. That was a great performance by Federer. I think under those circumstances, would said okay, now of course Federer is going to win. You know, Nadal's gone, and and he did manage. to It's a different kind of
2: pressure then because you're supposed to yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, just seeing the video, he looks absolutely ripped. I mean, I know you don't win titles in the fitting room mirror, but he, he definitely worked. He looks, he always works, but I mean, he looks great. And the thing for me is he's got a lot of points to defend between now and the end of Miami. Cause he won Miami. He was an Indian Wells finalist. He had a good Australian last year and he started the year with a title. So he, it's, it's kind of like Getting to your point, yeah, he. I think it's great. He's got to stay within striking distance, but he's got points on to defend on the table. But I, I think the good news is he can do that. It's just he just doesn't match up with Federer and Nadal, in my view. I just don't I think somebody's going to have to knock those guys off. Yeah, he's going to have to. He's going to have to get, get some, some help. help yeah. You know, but and, and, but that's you know that could happen. I mean, he, you know, also the other concern is Davis Cup. I'm as a fan, I'm gr- grateful he's back and he's going to play, but. I mean, those, that takes a toll on you, you know, and you wonder if at this stage, if it's worth it for him in the long term, it's great for the team and for the USA and all that. You just wonder for his perspective going down playing on red clay in the midst of all this other, you know, you got to defend the Indian Wells final, the Miami title. You know, you wonder how that's going to play out. But that match he played against Nadal in Miami last year, to me, that was as good as he's played. And I mean, he looked real good in that match.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a good point about the Davis Cup. However, I do think also the Davis Cup—he you know, gets so stoked for Davis he Cup. He does. There's, there's an he emotional, does. there's an emotional benefit here for him, sure. I think, of playing Davis there's Cup and being around those win. guys. Being yeah.
2: around the Bryan brothers, are yeah. similar age, and maybe that, seeing how well they played last year, going 11 and 0 in finals, maybe that'll that'll inspire him too. He's
0: a team guy. I mean that could really motivate them. So. Yep. All right, that's all for now. We'll uh, get back to you next week after the, the this weekend's finals and uh, go heavy on the Australian Open thereafter. Thanks to Pete Bodo and Richard Paglia for stopping by. I'm Adam McRogan. Thanks again for listening. You've been enjoying Tennis.com's weekly podcast. Thanks for listening. For all the latest news and events, head over to Tennis.com.